1: Learn more at marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score Nord Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily.
2: Has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers.
1: Three! Red, red, red! Red Pauly! Blue poncho!
2: In rapid fire fashion.
1: Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke.
2: It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 980!
1: 397! Ah, yes. It is that time again for Hot Routes. And uh, I think I'm going to pick my routes based on... Wide receivers, random wide receivers that I liked growing up because I saw Randy Moss tweeting yesterday about his favorite, like his all-time team. And Randy Moss put himself on his all-time team, which I would is the too. most boss thing anyone has ever done. If I was like, Randy Moss, I would right. do that too. Let's see. Yeah. I'll go with me as my first pick. And you're like, yeah, well, I actually all of us would too. Um, so I'm, I'm th- those are those going to be our hot routes for today. Rami is in. Courtney Cronin is in. Jonathan is here as well. So ramp it up, Jonathan. Let's go. Let us go. Irving Fryer, thirty-three. Irving Fryer, underrated guys. Underrated, Fryer. agreed. So good.
3: He's really good. All
1: right. Rob Gronkowski retired earlier this offseason but already there's a report that he's been throwing the old pigskin with one Thomas Brady. So my question for you, our first hot route of the day, are we going to see Gronk back? And then part two is, I want you to rank Gronk all-time NFL player. Player. Not tight end, but Not player. tight end. He's the best tight end ever. Yes. So where does he rank all-time player? That's a big like, question.
0: That's, that's ridiculous. That's We're what ridiculous. I thought when I read it. Thank you, Courtney. It's ridiculous. Thank this you. Is hot routes.
1: It is, they are hot routes.
3: It's
0: July. Answer the question.
3: This is a, a little too <laughs> hot, though. All right, well, I'll say he is give the. Us, give us an answer. We're all in agreement. He's the best tight end ever, right? Yes. yes. We all agree on yes. that. I'll go so far as to say he's in the top twenty football players that I've ever seen in my life. Top twenty.
0: I'm putting him in like top fifty. You think? I mean, I, I'm not saying just players that I've seen, but right. I think it's fair. I think it's, I, that's safe. I'm taking the safe hot. I'm taking like the nine route here. Just let me go. But like it's easier just clearing run. out space for your are
1: like somebody else open underneath.
3: Where do go you I don't want
0: to get hit in the head.
1: That's a huge question. Like, okay. did you expect
3: me to sit down and make out my list of all time great NFL players and see where Gronk lands? I mean,
1: are you of. looking for show prep for me, yeah. dude? I was gonna say, yeah, I no it yeah, Hours before the show, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I did think that maybe you would uh, get the wheels turning. But your initial reaction to what top 20 you said? I think top 20 of my lifetime. I'm gonna go top. 20 top 15 of all time. Wow. And what makes this hard is quarterbacks, of course, because when you separate, okay, like is Montana better than Lawrence Taylor? I don't know. To me, though, Gronk goes in the same category as the echelon that is absolutely untouchable for anybody else. Like it's only the 1% of the 1%. It's the Walter Payton, it's the Barry Sanders, it's the Joe Montana, Mm -hmm. it's the Rob Gronkowski. And not just because of his receiving ability, but also he was the best blocker at his position as well. I mean, when you factor that in, to me, he's one of those all time dominant players that you only find a handful of guys who have ever done it like that. And I don't even want to hear the, well, because you have Brady. Like, no, no, no. He would have done this with any team. He Brady had Gronk. He, and that's part of it. Right. I'm really interested to see how this goes. So is Brady going to get Gronk back? You guys think? I don't think so. No. I think he's retired. No. He doesn't even have l- fun. He doesn't even,
3: like, have you seen, I haven't seen, he's he, lost
1: weight. Lost some Surprisingly,
3: I haven't seen Gronk with his shirt off this yeah, offseason. I season, but to see that by now. He
1: doesn't look like himself. He Like like Jonathan said, he looks like he's lost some mass. What do you think, Jonathan? Is he coming back, and uh, where do you rank him?
2: Uh, he's not coming back, and I have no idea where I'd rank him. <laughs> I'd, pr- I'd probably put him top, like Rami, top 20 in my lifetime of players I've seen. It's so hard to, like you guys are saying, it's so hard to, figure out what that list is. I
3: think football is the hardest sport to make that list because every position yeah, asks is. for such different things from the guys. Yeah.
2: But if you think of it in terms
1: of uh, two, two parts, like how much value did they bring to their team? And then if you look at it as kind of a wow factor... Like Randy Moss is a great example. I think when I say the name Randy Moss, you immediately go, okay, top 20. There's no question about it. Randy Moss is in this list. Lawrence Taylor. Yep, Lawrence Taylor. LT. No one touches LT. I don't know if we're ever going to see. Here's the way to do it. Will we ever see anyone as good at tight end as Rob Gronkowski ever again? It's possible we don't.
3: There's a good possibility we don't.
1: So that's how how you get on that list. Is it possible no one ever dominates like Randy Moss? Absolutely is. All right, next hot route. Let's go... This would be a little teaser for later. Uh, Desmond Howard, 33. Desmond Howard, 14. Desmond Howard, he's a a hero. I'm
3: a Bears fan, so I I have harsh feelings about about Desmond Howard. I love
1: punt returners. Uh, As you guys know, the Pittsburgh Steelers traded Antonio Brown to the Raiders. So now Juju Smith-Schuster is their number one guy. The number two receiver is James Washington. Has anyone in this room heard of James Washington? He had
0: a bad year last year, but I think he's going to be good this year. Okay, well then you would actually ag- think they're number three. Their number three might be my f- person for this list. Then,
1: but. then you would agree then with what the Steelers are saying that James Washington, who went to Oklahoma State, is going to quote sneak up on everyone. Possible. I want you guys to give me the player this year that you think will sneak up on everyone and be surprisingly great. I'm going to go with the Homer pick here,
3: but I really do like this guy for what I've seen on tape and how I think he fits into the system. Bears rookie running back David Montgomery out of Iowa State. Okay. A lot of the comparisons are Kareem Hunt. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't know a lot about David Montgomery before they drafted him, but from what I've read up on this guy and the film that I watched, he reminds me a lot of another former Bears running back in Matt Forte. Elusively or wow. de- sort of deceptively elusive, like he doesn't have the the stop and cut like a, like a Barry Sanders might. But just somehow avoids tacklers, doesn't take big hits. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you, the one weakness in his game is he doesn't seem to have the breakaway speed. He he can get caught from behind when uh, he gets behind a is defense. Is that Really that important? No, I don't think so. I don't think
1: it's that important.
3: So I'm going to say David Montgomery of the okay, Bears.
1: I like that pick.
0: I'm going to stick with the Steelers. I'm going to say Dante Moncrief. It's about time. It is about time. About time. I think
1: I, my mom called me the other day and said <laughs> it's about time for Dante, for Dante Moncrief. Moncrief. <laughs>
0: He's a great deep ball threat. I think that with Ben Roethlisberger, he finally has a quarterback that he can work with, uh, and have a little bit of consistency with. I mean he was fine in Indianapolis when he was drafted, but not great. Um last year was nothing special in Jacksonville. I think this is his time to you know, just time to shine. I mean you can place him a lot of different places, he's your ex, but you can put him in the slot if you want to. I saw him do it at Ole Miss.
1: Blake Bortles was throwing to him, yeah. so maybe he has a better chance this
2: year. I'm gonna go with the guy we talked about yesterday, in Jabril Peppers. I mean, you don't get like it. You don't become the linchpin of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade by not being good or not being thought of as a future star. This kid's gonna be in New York, where everybody's gonna be laughing at both the teams there, and this kid's gonna shine. <laughs> yes, they
1: are. <laughs> All right, so I I've, I whittled it down to two, and I'm debating on both. I'm just gonna give you both of them because I don't know which one to pick. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, the wide receiver from Arizona. He was their second-round pick last year, showed some flashes. We saw a little bit from him when Arizona played here. Now it's Kyler Murray. Now it's Cliff Kingsbury, and he's got a chance to really blow up. The other one is with the Packers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which I think has That's a, who
0: you picked from the Packers? a
1: very good chance. Or, well, I could have picked Jair too.
0: Alexander. Jones. Yeah,
1: Alexander for his second year. I really
3: liked what I saw from MBS last year. We stopped trying to pronounce his name and just went with MBS at some uh, point. the
1: Scantling What's hard about that.
3: He was very specific about how you, how'd you pronounce his first name? Marquez. He's Marquez. Okay, and, I got no problem with that. And, and was adamant that you get it right.
1: I got no problem with that. So there it is. Because there, he's got to throw to somebody. And uh, aside from Adams, they just don't have a ton of great wide receivers. Although, Jimmy so Graham wins,
3: says he's going to break out big I'm this sure year. I'm sure
1: that he did say that. That's not surprising. <laughs> uh, all right, Don Beebe. Don Beebe, 22. Don Beebe. <laughs> One of my favorites, Don Beebe. Uh, I watched the Elway to Marino 30 for 30 the other night. It was amazing. It's just great. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's fantastic. I did see it. It's, it's really good. It's so good. Really it's good. It's just like. You can't believe the number of potential outcomes that could have happened from that draft of if Ken O'Brien or Tony Eason hadn't been taken in front of Dan Marino. All these teams who could have taken Dan Marino, uh, Jim Kelly going to the Bills and not being happy about going to the Bills. Every team in the league trying to trade for John Elway. The behind the scenes of it—it kind of so good.
3: It kind of had the feeling of it of today's NBA, like all, yes. all the movement yes, and all absolutely. the drama. Yeah,
1: absolutely did. Um it's not my favorite 30 for 30 of all time but it's close. So I want you guys to give me your favorite 30 for 30s from ESPN. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one cuz I
3: love the 30 for 30 series. I know it, it there's and there's so many. And I don't know if it's just recency bias. Anybody watch the 30 for 30 about the hot dog eating contest? <laughs> I Joey Chestnut I did not and see Kobayashi. It.
0: No, I didn't watch it. It is, and it wasn't because Peter, Peter King went on some like ridiculous rant about <laughs> gluttony and everything. Did you see that? Else. Yeah, I did. Absurd. It's like,
3: it is so much better than I expected God. it to be, and it's probably the one that I learned the most from. Like how? Really? Yes. In terms of how, dude, how they, did sh- they do it. They showed Joey Chestnut training for this thing, and it's downright impressive. He has like a, a thing that he bites down with his jaw, and there's like a weighted bag, like. He's strengthening oh all God. all the muscles in his jaw and down in his throat that push and keep all that food down in huh. his stomach. Like it's <laughs>
0: also known as your gag reflex. Exactly. Yes, I thought you could train that.
3: Yeah, you can. Okay. You can. We and Joey Chestnut will teach you how. But it really is. It's fascinating. It was educational. It it made me feel things. It made me think things. Did Ma- it give
0: you indigestion? Is that what it made you feel? No
1: i I teared up. Yeah, he got emotional. I teared oh, up wow. watching this thing.
3: You can go back and listen why at uh, scorenorth.com or the scorenorth mobile app.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Rami. No problem. All right, your favorite, Courtney. cool app.
3: It's
0: too. I, l- <laughs> I like the, the best there never was story of Marcus Dupree. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I actually was, I covered that area. I was Philadelphia Mississippi, so they were within our range when I was in Jackson. And Marcus actually, right before I got there, came up. We did this big thing every summer called the Dandy Dozen. It's the top 12 high school football players in the state. And um, we'd always have a guest speaker. Come through, and I think the kids always thought it was really neat when you know the they weren't that far removed. They still knew the legend of Marcus Dupree, and um, you know how unbelievable he was in high school, mm-hmm. and just kind of the cautionary tale of uh, what happened to him and with fame and everything else. And, uh, and the reason I like it so much is because I have some person, like some friends that were actually in the documentary, got to speak mm-hmm. on it. So kind of listening through the history of that and. Um, the best high school football player I'd ever seen is this kid named Cam uh, Akers who's now down at Florida State. He's Dalvin's replacement. Hmm. Um, so, and he'd been compared to Marcus Dupree as an, as an eighth grader when they would call him up and they'd had him play varsity football. So, that's my favorite one. I think the storytelling is fantastic too. Mine's
2: either the one on the University of Miami. just I was going to say, both that was one of, of my favorites. Yeah, both of them were really good just because when I was a kid, that was my favorite college football team Me was too. University of Miami Hurricanes. Or the one on the Hillsborough Massacre that happened over in England. Soccer won above. Oh, sure, yeah. 96 people dying in a crush of just too many fans and too closed in it. close of an area. Um, the other one with the soccer connection, I thought you were going to say, was
1: the two Escobar. Yes, that one's was good, too. really, really well done. Yeah. My favorite one is on Iverson. Because Iverson no crossover, yeah, great, great. Well, it went behind the scenes uh, when he was in high school of sort of the racial divide of his area, which is a very fascinating area there in in Virginia, and uh, the perspective on that was, I think, the most unique that I'd ever seen on Iverson's backstory. I mean, I knew that Iverson came from a really tough area, and that he had had some sort of controversy when he was in high school. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that he had been put in jail and sentenced to like five years in jail. And he
3: was given a pardon oh. by the governor, wasn't Correct. he?
1: Correct. Yeah, it was over a fight at a bowling alley, and and they just you know, brought the hammer down on him. I still remember the footage from that fight because
3: yeah. it was big news when Alan Iverson was already known right. at that point as a high school basketball player, and I have it ingrained in my memory, Alan Iverson picking up a chair yes. and throwing it across the bowling alley. Right.
1: which is not worth five years. in No, arisen, of at course. all. Um, but that was part of it is the racial divide and sort of... Um,
3: Randy Moss the, had a similar story too in his 30 for 30, right? He did, yeah. His was there, good. His um, 30 for 30 was pretty good. It, too. it
1: really was. There was yeah. That's one of my favorites too. And that really took you behind Randy Moss as the person that I think that We didn't fully understand until that documentary because Randy was not a fan of the media and didn't really want to tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And then the Rand University, uh, that's one of my favorites for sure. But the Iverson, the part about Iverson that I just love and it displayed so beautifully is how much pain that he carried around with him all the time and that he brought on the court with him, like that he played with so much heart and soul. The guy was playing 80 games at 44 minutes a game mm-hmm. for Philadelphia for them to win. And it, it just, w- like, th- when he says in the rant about practice, when he said the game I would die for, it's like, man, I felt that. Like, And then you really understand it fully when you get his whole picture. Right. So I really love that one.
3: Next year, a 10-part 30 for 30 on the Jordan-era Bulls. Wow. Cannot 10 wait. Part. Yes, sir.
1: Um, all right, next hot route, mm, who should we go with here? Mark Duper. 44, Mark Duper. Never Mark Duper? Barely. Ah, oh, come on. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Carl Lawson of the Bengals. Jonathan dug this one up. He said that uh, Aaron Rodgers is easy to sack. And he sort of went on and on about how he sits in the pocket and all that stuff. And he's not, so he's not wrong. Rodgers gets sacked a lot, and especially did last year. I want to know from you guys which quarterback, if you were in the NFL, you would mm. most like to sack. They don't and, have to be current. Right? And here's what, it, it could be all time. Okay. What quarterback you most want to sack? And here's what I'll add on to this. 80s rules. Oh. Not Ooh. 28, mm. 19, or 18 rules, where Ooh. if you take them down by the waist, then it's a penalty. I mean, you Slam get to him into the ground. this quarterback. I've forgiven. I've let it go.
3: But I'm a big dog lover, and if I could get oh, okay. a chance sure. at making Michael Vick feel some of the pain that those dogs felt, I'd take that opportunity.
1: I don't disagree with that at all.
0: I would like to make Cade McNown feel the pain <laughs> of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone asked me, oh, were you a Bears fan? Were you a Bears fan growing up before you got here? No, because he wrecked my childhood. Because he, oh, wow. They drafted him 12th overall in 1999 to this fix all the quarterback problems.
3: Yeah, well, you going to put picking, it on him as a fellow Bears fan? I'm all on
0: him. That's, oh. who I'm, that's who I'm picking. You cannot make me change my mind. I, I'm not going to try to. <laughs> I'm not
1: getting in the way of this. No. Jeez. Also, there's something, about, there's something about hitting a lefty, too. That's, just, that's true. Uh, like, aesthetically pleasing. Um <laughs> <laughs> <so there's... laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I've got, uh, okay, Jonathan, go ahead. Uh,
2: get Mine's gonna be Tom Brady because no one gets to him because he's so good in the pocket, at just moving around and avoiding that stuff. So it's nothing against Tom Brady. No, you it's nothing. Yeah, you don't have any legendary.
0: personal do. No, against I don't have person personal like like I do, vendettas. So. I just,
2: I just want to be able to say that I was one of the few people who could sack. Yeah, Tom my Brady. thing was I
1: thought about that angle.
2: My thing, my, the question that entered my head when I when I saw this question
3: on the hot routes was, do I want to tackle somebody who I who I dislike yeah. and want to make them feel pain like I did with Michael Vick, yes. or just who's the better trophy to have up on my shelf because bringing down Cam Newton isn't an achievement in and of itself (laughs) based on the size, the strength, the speed. Like, if I was going for just trophy of hardest guy to tackle, it would be Cam Newton.
1: So this is in in the way of kind of my thinking is uh, there used to be this NFL Films production about the Buffalo Bills. You know, they used to do the team ones. Mm -hmm. And there is this slow motion clip of Bruce Smith demolishing... Drew Bledsoe. And Drew Bledsoe is 6-6 and 250 pounds. Yeah. And uh Smith comes from behind him and he's holding the ball like in the middle of his body kind of both hands and Smith just demolishes him from behind and rips him to the ground. And combining how hilarious Drew Bledsoe looked getting sacked like that with the fact that when he came to the Bills, they had a chance to make the playoffs in 2004 and all they had to do was beat the backups from the Steelers because the Steelers were already in the playoffs, and Drew Bledsoe completely no-showed in that game, and they lost and missed the playoffs, I would sack the hell out of Drew Bledsoe. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Smith style, coming up from behind, he never sees it coming, and his stupid face looks totally stunned that who, someone is hammered.
3: Who was it that ended it for Drew Bledsoe on the sideline with the Patriots? Was that Brian Cox who delivered that hit? I just remember oh, Dr- yeah, Drew yeah, Bledsoe yeah. tippy-toeing towards the sidelines and getting
1: erased. With the Patriots. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't. Was it Mo Lewis? I don't remember who it was. Do you know who this was, Declan? No, I don't remember who it was. Uh, but, yes, that that deserves its own 30-for-30, 30 30, <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, in that play, just so I could watch it over and over again. Really want to sack Drew Bledsoe. All right, all right. last one. We'll go with the tight end here. Ben Coates! Ben Coates, 78! Mm. Ben Coates, man. Love Ben good Coates. tight end. He was. This is my favorite of the day. Tons of responses on Twitter, and a very hard question I have determined I don't think this is a hard question at all get out this is so easy for you, huh? <laughs> yep, door, doors open okay so to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Jaguars which is how old all of us are mm-hmm. that they have been around for 25 years and I remember being excited about a new football team um, they're putting together a top 25 Jaguars team of all time give me your three favorite Jaguars it's so easy for you Courtney for your favorite three Fine. jaguars, I'll go start ahead. with
0: I'll go down in succession. So number three is MJD. The twenty eleven season was insane; it was great. Um, number two is Tony Bosselli. I think that's pretty obvious. Oh, that's a good one. It's an obvious oh, yeah, one that's time.
3: That's a really great left tackle. Number, I just, you just changed my n- list. number one
0: is Jimmy Smith. Easy. That took me three seconds to come up with. Man, it's a really easy hot route. You just had me run goes yeah, all you day. You kind of
1: missed somebody important there, but we'll that's just an work easy our way around. three. That is a it very is no easy way. three. No no, yes, it is it not. Is. Yes, it is. So, I, okay, I'm not going to ruin anybody else's, but like Mark Brunel, you're yes. just going to leave out Mark
3: I Brunel. Think I had he would have been four for me. I think I had Mark Brunel on my list until she said Tony Bacelli. For some reason, Tony Bacelli, probably because he's an offensive lineman, yeah. you do know, think of offensive lineman did not enter my mind. But when Courtney said that, he went on my list. So I think now my list is just slightly different from Courtney's. I have uh, Tony Bacelli. A different running back, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor, yeah. And then Jimmy Smith as the number one. I think Jaguar Jimmy S- Jimmy time.
0: Smith unequivocally should be number number one, right? Agree. I
3: yep. okay. yes. We yep. yep. agree on we that. We agree point. with that. He was awesome on Madden too.
2: <laughs> unstoppable.
1: <laughs> oh, Jimmy Smith, unstoppable. Yeah, and, and Jones Drew was really fast. Yes.
2: I had both the running backs and Tony Baselli. I had Fred Taylor, MJD, Not and Tony I Not putting Buscelli.
1: Mark Brunel is a crime. It's a war crime, and all of you are arrested. Wow. That's a, yeah, that's right. That's a bit aggressive. So I'll give you the analytics perspective on this. Pro Football Reference does its approximate value, which is kind of a wins-above-replacement sort of Tell statistic. me more, nerd. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Got me. Good. Um, their top three are Jimmy Smith, Fred Taylor, and Mark Brunel. He but was, I mean, the quarter, he's like the original quarterback who takes them to what an AFC championship game? They're just barely a franchise. Here comes Mark Brunel, the next great NFL quarterback. Come on,
3: also awesome Brunell. on Madden.
1: He was re- really super good accurate. On it. Yes, yes, yeah, he was really good. I'll By the you... way, it was Mo Lewis who, oh, injured. Mo Lewis, yeah, all right, good. Um, so I'll give you some other names that are on this list because Tony Baselli was sixth, John Henderson, the defensive tackle, forgot really about good him, player, yep. Rashawn Manthus. Uh, David Garrard is surprisingly high on this list. I loved Byron Leftwich, by the way. Huge Byron Leftwich fan, even though he was never... Should like you that. have better players than David Garrard on your all-time list after um, 30 yeah, years of existence? Maybe. So they're okay. doing
0: it this year. They have, so, And they have one player for every year?
1: Uh, I don't know if they're doing it that way or just like the 25 like best players. I think it's 25 best players in their franchise history. So they have a lot of guys who are kind of briefly great. Um, Keenan McCardle is on this list for... Um, Number ten. Uh, just uh, this isn't their list. He, this was, the he received consideration down. from the yep. academy. Tony Brackens was really good. Marcus Stroud was really good for a while. Kevin Hardy.
0: Some of the. I mean, some Do of these guys have, have twenty-five had... players to put on this list. That's my question. Are you going to put like Jalen Ramsey on there?
1: I don't know. I don't know how recent they want to go. That team did go to a AFC Championship game. Like so Bortles. Blake him. Bortles. You
0: could put him on that list. He got on nope, there, right? Nope.
1: You could not. You put
0: Calais Campbell on there? No. I, I don't think uh, there's n- there's not enough. This is a gimmicky thing there's not enough players of course it is
3: is every team doing this because I saw the Bears are doing 100 players the, um, for the, 100 years well, I, I mean, think the Packers a, are doing a the very same thing
0: storied franchise the Jags have not I could yeah. understand a team one of the originals you but know, by the way doing
3: that I was reading the Bears top 100 players in their 100 year history they Had McNown's on there they had Patrick Manley a long snapper is number 100 like
0: He's a long, like, fine with me. The it's longest tenured bear you.
3: ever. One of the longest tenured football players
0: trying ever. to, do to, that my to make up for my childhood. Sometimes somebody a,
1: does something special for you, and it's a just, long snapper. She's obsessed with long snappers. It's a long snapper. I'm not the only one. All right. Um, Maybe we can tell you next what the story is. Uh, but I'll tell you where they're number one. Where Jacksonville is absolutely number one in the NFL and number one on my list that rises above all their players is Jackson DeVille, their mascot. <laughs> he is the best you. mascot in the league. The best. I can show you, you told a highlight I think you should leave. No, absolutely not. He's the best mascot in the league. He's hilarious. He's athletic. He does incredible things. I love Jackson Deville, and what you mean he
3: does incredible he, things.
1: Oh my gosh, you don't know anything about Jackson Deville. No, I don't Your know anything about Jackson ignorance Deville. Ignorance is Most upsetting. Grown ass man, I would I know about like, Jackson Deville because you're in sports. And he's the best mascot of all time.
3: Bango of the Bucks is the best mascot of all time. That dude was dropping dunks from the ceiling. Okay. All right. Um I
1: actually just, did the Western Kentucky Hilltop. I'm just gonna You're gonna have to react time. to this after the break. <laughs> I'm just gonna show you a video of crazy things that Jackson Deville does. And I mean, we're talking about like scaling down. Okay, this starts out. Isn't he fat? No. Am I remembering? No, he's not. Okay. Okay, I'm, you're going to watch this video in the break, and then you're going to apologize at the other side of the at the other side. I okay. may have an apology so, for
3: Jackson Deville so on the other side of a break. Yes, that's our tease. That's hot routes. Yeah. We'll
2: be uh, right back here on Purple Daily. The 2019 ESPYS Auction is live now through July 10th. It's ESPN's biggest and best auction ever, packed full of more than 80 exclusive, one of a kind sports, travel, and celebrity experiences. Visit eBay.com/ESPN to bid proceeds. Benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research.
0: Honestly, I think it's
3: easier to sack Aaron Rodgers uh, than most quarterbacks. You know why is that? He sits there and he, he pats the ball. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the, the, sacking him don't mean nothing if you don't do it for four quarters. You mm. uh, guys come, he came back against us. Mm. So I mean, he's he's an easier quarterback to sack me for me personally because he sits there. You know he probably gets maybe like eight to ten yards in the pocket, and yeah. he's got a great left tackle in box. So, yeah. he, so he sits there, he waits, he waits, and wow. Getting he doesn't, and he he gets sacked, he doesn't get flushed.
1: That was Carl Lawson talking about how easy Aaron Rodgers is to sack, which he kind of is, uh, in terms of how many sacks he's given up. He's over elusive. The last
3: few years. He just holds on to the ball for so long that right. eventually somebody's going to get a hold of right. him.
1: That's the problem. And it, but it is amazing. He he has like a method to the madness. There isn't just stand there. Right. He moves himself in the pocket in order to kind of reset the protection is what they call it. And this is next level, like galaxy brain stuff that he does compared to someone like, I don't know, Kirk cousins who kind of stands in the same spot and pats the ball. It's, it's a different kind of standing in the pocket than it is for cousins versus Aaron Rodgers.
3: And one of the things that you wouldn't notice just watching a game on a Sunday in terms of why there was the drop off for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense that we haven't seen in previous years he had a lot of new wide receivers, and a lot of them weren't really adept or knowledgeable because of their lack of experience to how to
1: react when Rodgers did scramble
3: right, and roll yes. out of the posses. I, mean,
0: I believe he called them out for that. Yes. Well, and that's point.
1: why getting rid of Jordy Nelson was probably not a great idea right. for them last year. Um, okay, so you're going to issue your apology about Jackson DeVille? Impressive.
3: Um, I, 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 I mean, he dances. Mascots dance. He shoots t-shirt cannons. Mascots shoot t-shirt cannons. But the bungee and zipline work unbelievable of, of Jackson DeVille is downright impressive. Best NFL mascot. Still not the best mascot in all sports. I'm, I still will take Bango of the Bucks.
0: All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I'd like to see Victor Viking do something similar instead of ride the Segway. I mean, this is dangerous.
1: He's doing backflip ziplines off the top of the stadium.
3: He literally did. He, he backflips off the top of the stadium and then ziplined down onto the field.
1: And there's so many funny bits. Like, he ziplines to the field, and then he just like takes off running. And they put someone dressed up as Tim Tebow, because they must have been playing the Broncos. And then he just decks fake Tim Tebow. I like, like it. They do a lot there in Jacksonville. You've got to get fans somehow. Blake Bortles hasn't been bringing them, uh, the boys to the yard, I guess.
3: Did the uh, swimming uh,
1: pool do it? Didn't they put a swimming they pool? Did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. He's riding a mini bike in some of these. He's so funny. He's impressive. Yeah. Anyway. Uh,
0: so is he going to be on the 25 list? Do you he, know that?
1: Number one. He should be. He's on my list of my three favorites. Jackson DeVille. Longest tenure, so Jaguar. Funny. <laughs> Longest <laughs> All right. so funny. Uh, Longest tenure. All right. So, Rami, earlier uh, we were talking about, uh, Courtney and I, the make or break players around the NFL this year. Where, for example, if it doesn't work out for James Winston this year... They got Bruce Arians and did everything for him that they could have. And if it doesn't work out, then he's maybe not a starting quarterback anymore in the NFL. So spinning that to the Vikings, the two that we talked about, her and I, were Everson Griffin and Delvin Cook. In your mind, who else is it make or break for? for the Vikings.
3: Is it cheating? Am I taking the easy way out to just say Kirk Cousins? Well, actually, no, because
1: that's where we began the conversation. In Dan Graziano's article from ESPN with his top 10 make-or-break players, he starts it out by saying, well, it's not really a make-or-break year for Kirk Cousins because he's going to be here for year three. And I disagree with that. I think it is, in a lot of ways, for Kirk Cousins because a contract extension will be based on 2018 and 19, not 2020. That's when they would need to negotiate it. if they... if if this season
3: doesn't go well, but Kirk Cousins has a solid year, if they really want to blow this thing up, that contract isn't untradeable next off season. I mean, you're you're acquiring him for one year, so you were going to guarantee that money anyway. Well, I wh- believe
0: he has a no-trade clause.
3: Oh, that's right. I did. I forgot so, about that. That's that, true. That negates that. Makes that makes it a little bit difficult.
1: But you would say though, if it doesn't work out, then they will enter the NFL draft, thinking about how to trade yes. up for their next quarterback. Because they'll be looking at it as, well, we've got two great wide receivers, a young offensive line with a couple of inexperienced guys who might be decent. Brian O'Neill and Garrett Bradbury could be good players. And so you would be looking at it as, well, we could bring in a rookie quarterback here eventually after the final year of Kirk Cousins. It really changes the entire approach because you could at least start to pull
3: the plug on Kirk Cousins after this year.
1: If they went 12 and four and won two playoff games, got to the NFC Championship game. Oh, he gets an extension. Then he gets an extension. There's no question about it. If they go seven and nine, then he doesn't get an extension. You draft a quarterback. To me, that's make or break. Agreed.
3: I would agree. And is this limited only to players on the field? Because I think it's make or break for Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, too.
0: I would agree with that, wouldn't you, Courtney? Absolutely, because as we talked about earlier, if they decide they want to burn this thing down at some point, but they're still locked into Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Kyle Rudolph for another year to Kirk Cousins, you might try to switch the philosophy and go completely 180 the other way and get an offensive-minded head coach, um, switch up the philosophy of the team, switch up the philosophy of the front office, and maybe Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer go together.
1: And what a league this is like when you think historically about how many great coaches who were very successful with their franchises that built their teams to a certain spot eventually got fired because their ownership didn't believe they could get them to the next spot, which is the Super Bowl. And the example that came right to mind for me was Tampa Bay with Tony Dungy when they fired him and brought in John Gruden, kind of went from the defensive coach to the offensive coach. But there are other examples. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer, how many times did his ownerships ultimately get tired of getting to the playoffs and not being able to get any farther than that? And that happened in um, it, with the Chargers and with the Browns. And I think with the Chiefs, too, with Marty Schottenheimer. And it was always, well, you know, he could get you so far. He can rebuild your team and he can make you really competitive, but he can't win the Super Bowl. I think that was always unfair to Marty Schottenheimer because it's very hard to win the Super Bowl. And he didn't always have the best quarterbacks in the league either. I mean, sometimes he did and sometimes it probably was his fault, but not always. Um, You know, you get what? Old-ass Joe Montana, you get Bernie Kosar, who was good, but maybe there were other quarterbacks better in the league. Aside from that, um, maybe the, Mike Zimmer ends up with that tag. Is he's a good enough head coach? This is if they go seven and nine. If he's a good enough head coach to design a great defense, who could keep you in the ball game all year long and keep you in that conversation, but he's not going to be able to get you over the top. I think that that is. If they miss the playoffs, going to be the narrative on Zimmer. And just like with Schottenheimer, I'm not sure it would be fair, but I think that that's what it will be, and what it will be maybe from the very top. And
3: also, it's the last year, if things don't go well in this season, it's the last year for the Kirk Cousins era, and the last year for this push-all-the-chips-to-the-center-of-the-table era for the Vikings. That's what they did when they gave a quarterback a three-year fully guaranteed contract. They made it about winning a Super Bowl in that window, and it is win now. And if if you can't make a lot of changes personnel-wise going into the third year of of that window, what's what's your only other option? I mean, look at what they did this offseason. You brought in Gary Kubiak. You made a coaching change, but only on the offensive side of the football. You might feel like you need to make a more drastic change to get the most out of the players on the roster if you can't make some sort of seismic shift in terms of players on your roster.
1: Now, would you also feel, Courtney, if your ownership for this year, like, they decided in the front office that their approach was going to be let's bring back all the players we had before. That I have talked about, Eric Eager was in here yesterday talking about how there's a totally different universe with this team where they blow out some of those defensive players, create a bunch of cap space, sign offensive players, and switch the entire face of this whole thing. And and they didn't do that. They decided to just stay the course and I think if you fall short, even if that course is justifiable, that you'll look at it as, well, results-based business and your route didn't work. And so we're going to try something else. So I, I, I agree with the
0: Spielman being a part of the make or break. I, I think it's a package deal in terms of the make or break. As we mentioned the, you the know, top of the show, I mean, their contracts are aligned. They, decision-making-wise, have been in this together and have always mentioned each other in every breath, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman that they make decisions together that it's a joint process here of how the front office works and how the coaching staff has influence and you know who has control over the ninety man to the fifty three man et cetera et cetera um I think you'd have there has to be a fall guy at some point like there there was last year when things weren't going well um there was you know two years before that and norv resigning and whatever else went into that because of what was happening and they you know were skidding in the midst to an eight and eight finish um there would have to be somebody and i do think that you know it starts with a coaching staff in the front office because they've been doing the same things for so long that maybe of changing just radically changing philosophy and Deciding to do what the rest of the NFL is doing. Go after young, young, offensive minded head coaches, the Sean McVay types, if you want to call them that, um, and see if that can get the most out of Kirk Cousins. Hell, go get Sean McVay from the Rams. See if you can pull something like that or somebody that he was, that was his coach in Washington. See if they could do it that way. I mean, maybe that's the way to go.
1: And let me give you the make part of this because we focused on the break part of this, but the make part of it is, Kirk Cousins has an opportunity this year to blow up all the perceptions about Kirk Cousins, of which last year he confirmed all of them. Everything that was said about him in Washington, D.C., that he couldn't get you over the hump, that he was a 500 quarterback, he wasn't a great leader, all these other things. All the reasons that Washington decided not to double down on him and pay him what he wanted, let him go, and trade for Alex Smith instead. And when you think about that, it was a... A pretty strong statement about Kirk Cousins that they traded for Alex Smith, another guy that's thought of as being good, not great, can't get you quite over the hump, get you to the first round of the playoffs, but always ends up losing to the better quarterback and so forth, that they would trade for that guy to move on from Kirk Cousins. So they made this big kind of statement about Cousins as a quarterback by not keeping him around. And then last year, he confirmed everything. I mean, he didn't win in the uh the big games the brightest lights he came up short a lot of times the week 17 the big game that they needed him it was all the things that they had said about him so now this year he has an opportunity to come back and blow up every one of those and i think even reshape how anyone ever talked about kirk cousins because if he comes out and is 12 and 4 it will require very good quarterback play i don't care how good your defense is based on their schedule it's going to have to have good quarterback play if he has a great season like that then he's looked at as being a totally worth it b that he did get the short end of the stick in washington and they end up looking stupid for letting him walk away the vikings end up looking very smart for investing that amount of money and letting case keenum and sam bradford and teddy bridgewater go i mean it's it's kind of incredible to me when you start to push it out a little bit just how much For Cousins, for Spielman, for Zimmer, rests on the upcoming 16 games for the perception of all of them for really the remainder of their careers.
0: That's why I think it was a two year Super Bowl window. I don't know if I really bought the whole notion of the three year thing because if it doesn't, if if things were not in motion, and in motion meaning into the playoffs, playoff win, already down the six, you can see the succession of what it's going to be by year two then year three is kind of meaningless because Kirk's probably on his way out. Mike Zimmer, Rick Spielman are probably on their way out. And you have a team that's saying, Hey, we might be in rebuild mode next year, even though we still have two of the league's top wide receivers. We have a young offensive line. The core of the defense is probably not going to be together beyond that point. You have Everson Griffin who's going to be 32 years old. Who knows what's going on with Linville Joseph after this season, Xavier Rhodes, another player that if we were still on the make or break conversation, I would have brought him into this too. Um, that's why I think that if, if you want to call last year year zero, like Kirk was doing at the end of the 2018 season, and now this is year one, well, whatever. Um, there's more pressure this year than there was last year. Last year, if you want to view it as okay, it's a chance to get their feet wet. It's a chance to see what they have with Kirk Cousins. Can they win with him? Well, now if you don't win with him, then you're blowing the thing up at some point, and it may not be in 2021 because you're still locked in, or 2020 because you're still locked into these players. But come 2021. It's an entirely different look team.
3: We're talking about potential outcomes on opposite ends of the spectrum, though. We're talking about if the season goes really good or if the season goes really bad and what might happen. What if it's just an okay season? What if they win, like, nine games? They sneak into the playoffs or just miss the playoffs? I don't think they pull the plug on it altogether. Do you, Courtney?
0: They have to win a playoff game. They have to win a playoff game. Because Kirk has never done that in his career. He's gotten to the playoffs, but he's never won a playoff game. For him to get an extension... He has to at least get out of the wild card round. If he makes the playoffs, if they're nine and seven, I don't think you can justify because you know he's going to want another fully guaranteed contract or something very similar. Um, heck, I mean, there's he's been tagged twice. You can tag a guy three times if they really want to do that. Sure. That not be the most financially sound idea, but um, regardless, there's there's just reason for me not to see that happening because. What did Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman talk about this entire offseason? Gaudy statistics mean nothing if you don't get to the playoffs and you don't win. Right. I think that they've set the precedent that they have to get a playoff win. Just getting there isn't enough. Let's take a quick you could break. get there. I'm sorry, one oh, thing. Go ahead, you yeah. could get there with Case Keenum. They could have brought Case Keenum back. They could have gotten to the playoffs with Case Keenum. Could he have won multiple playoff games? I don't know. We saw them get there in a crazy way in 2017 with Case Keenum. But I don't think you justify that and justify the price tag for Kirk Cousins. It's going to be a black eye on this franchise in this era if they paid all this money for a guy that just got him there but couldn't get him beyond step one or step zero, if you want to call it that. It
1: will be like when Baltimore won the Super Bowl and then went to Elvis Gerback. You remember that? Mm -hmm. That, That's what it has the potential to be. Uh, There are very few examples of this. One of the reasons it's such an interesting situation is just how few examples there are of a quarterback being totally given up on by his franchise. Normally, if you're good and you put up good numbers and you make a Pro Bowl and he got Washington to the playoffs, they just lost their game against the Packers, but normally, like Cincinnati did or whomever else you might look at, they, they lock that guy in and then they keep trying to build around and build around and build around him and for them to let him go and bring him here... You're right to say the pressure is so, I think, unique. It's immense, but it's also different than the pressure on most other quarterbacks. Like, just for example, last year, Matt Stafford didn't play well. So, he's going to be the quarterback next year. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, There's no even conversation about Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers or whoever else because that's your franchise quarterback. And with this team, the short-term contract makes it even more interesting. So not only are you trying to justify what you did before, but also he's trying to earn the contract that he can get in the future, potentially. And that all kind of sits on this season, hence the make or break. All right, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, ESPN has an article about the rookies that they are most uh, interested in seeing and which rookies are a, quote, lock to become a superstar. So we'll bring that up. And also, it's the MLB All-Star Game tonight. And uh, is there anything football can do to ever be like the MLB All-Star Game? We'll talk about that when we return here on Purple Day.
2: 352 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. We've got the question out right now. We've been talking about it all show which Vikings players are in make or break situations this season. Some responses so far on our Twitter at score north at SKOR North on Twitter. Kirk Cousins, obviously. Cousins pops up again and another time, and then Dalvin Cook's in there. Someone says Treadwell, though I doubt that one's a make or break. That one seems like it's already done and finished, and they're just holding on to him for one last season. Let us know your responses. It's a question which Vikings players are in make or break situations this season at Score North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily.
1: All right. One last segment here, and it's quick because we went long with uh the conversation before. But oh wow, it's, really, it's already almost yeah, time for right.
3: Mac and Judd with Ronnie.
1: That is the show that wow. is coming up next, indeed. Uh, you can also hear it on Spotify and iTunes and every possible way to get <laughs> that Score any North sort mobile app, man. I'm it's telling amazing. you, it's, it's free. Really
3: good. It's free. It's also your one-stop shop for all written content. It's incredible. From Score um, York, all
1: right, so well, let me then just uh, throw this out there for you guys: the All Star Game is tonight, the MLB All Star Game. I one
0: of my favorite Love sporting events. Thank you. I'm going to Applebee's to watch it. I'll awesome. tell you why. Because since my childhood, we always went to Applebee's every single All Star Game. You going alone? No, I'm going with somebody. Yeah, but like like it's the only sad t- person I the an It's the only time I will ever willingly go to an Applebee's. Um it just it's it's a tradition. We, We'd love to have sponsors. Yeah, the yeah, let me <laughs> yeah, like, make sure they're not Went a sponsors Apple- before. I made sure of that. I made sure because I didn't want another repeat button, of what button. happened before with the other place. Went but, to but, Applebee's
3: um, frequently growing up with my parents and uh I always got the riblet and chicken tender basket. I saw a commercial. They've added shrimp to the all you can eat
1: Riblet and chicken tender basket
0: That's that's what we call a triple.
1: Um, yes, sir. No, yeah, no pro, No mm-hmm. criticisms for Applebee's. So.
0: No, love them, but like I mean, <laughs> this, I just the All Star game. It's the only. And we love
1: your restaurant too, and we'll say it on the station. If uh... it's the
0: only interesting All Star game, and that's yes, why I like yes. it.
1: And I, I guess I've just um, come to the conclusion that there is nothing the NFL will ever be able to do. I think that they should just lean into making it only the fun events in Hawaii yes. and the quarterback challenge yes. and have guys play games and stuff. There's and no need for the that. Pro Bowl. They, no one wants to tackle each other. Right. It's a waste of time.
0: I just want to see Adam Thielen do the um, receiving competition. That's actually, that's the Pro Bowl to me.
1: All that stuff is way more fun, and they show it like on NFL Network in the middle of the day. That should be what the Pro Bowl is. Agreed. And they always justify it with, well, people watch. like eh, They're going to watch anything that says football on it. Make it fun. I've been right. saying this for years. They won't watch the AAF. Thank, oh, thank you for your time, uh, Courtney and Rami. Rami, are you going to stick around? Yes, talk I am. about other sports, probably. Some twin stuff. All right, very good. Lots um, of reckless trade speculation. I'm wolves off. and twins. I'm on the Wednesday plan, so I'm off tomorrow, but I'll be back on Thursday. It's Chad Graff in from The Athletic tomorrow. So nice. I will talk to you on Thursday, Purple Daily.